Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. I'm Tommy Dreamer alongside two times, two different Hall of Fame. The world's strongest man, Mark Henry, and we celebrate his 50th birthday on today's episode. And not only that, we have some surprise guests calling him. And one of the surprise guests, well, you know him because he's super, super big. AEW's Paul White joins us, and he has some shocking news, as well as former Nation member D'Lo Brown stops by to drop some cool Mark Henry stories. And we got to hear from a lot of great things, everything loving Mark Henry. So listen to the Busted Open podcast and celebrate the world's strongest man's 50th birthday. Mark, we love you. We have been blessed for 50 years to have the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, entertain us. On his birthday, we would like to highlight the five best Mark Henry moments voted by you. Here is the world's strongest moment. Number three, right here on Busted Open. You gotta be kidding me. These guys are going at it tonight. It's about the World Heavyweight Championship. You gotta love it. This is like something out of Transformers. He's just thinking, what, what else can I do to this monster? Guys, now, oh, down to now, oh, tell me. Big show. Where, what are we seeing where, here? Where's where Big Show going? Oh, and now it's Mark Henry. Wow. Playing defense. Man, uh, I hope this ring is reinforced. Oh, no. Well, if me. this happened right here, this, this could be. Look out! Tommy, a series of warrior pops, baby. It's a warrior pop party. Welcome oh back to God. Busted Open. We're old. We won't be in the club. We may be in a Zoom box. We may go out to dinner, maybe Cracker Barrel. But uh, those club days are long gone. Oh, brother, no Cracker Barrel today. No, sir. We is Chris tonight. As you say, uh, we're celebrating your life. It's your day. And we have one of your close friends as another lovely surprise for you. Ladies and gentlemen, well, 
Paul White, what's going on? <laughs> you scared me for a minute, Tommy. You scared me. I was like, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no BS, yeah. man. I can still yeah. wet hell. Don't, don't, fi- don't finish that. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, you talk about my uh, my well, good friend. That's my brother. Yeah, from another beautiful. mother. My brother from I, another also, mother. And and y'all listen. Okay, I, I I appreciate the the love, but they said Mark Henry gives us fifty years of pro. How about twenty five? Like <laughs> I've been around wrestling for fifty years. What, what like, they're I'm trying 50. to say is, is they're they're celebrating <laughs> how many days, how many years you've been on this planet, and you've brought joy to entertainment since birth. So I think oh, that's I'll take it. You know. Because I was wondering that too. I was like, "Damn, fifty years." He's a lot older than I thought he was. Damn, <laughs> seventy-five it's 50 years of celebrating Mark Henry. You, you know, you got friends, you got family, you got a career. You yeah, got it's your yeah I was on here a little earlier. And I up. heard, uh, I heard you and Tommy talking about commentating and and uh, you know trying to get the talent over in the ring. I love the fact that you're rehearsing. I probably should have tried that before I just jumped on live air and went for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, listen. I'm a lot of things, but a natural is never a thing. I've been naturally good at was being strong. Uh, Everything else I had to work my ass off and Uh, I don't want to embarrass. Well, here's the thing I I have learned and JR has given me some advice and Tony has, and, and even Taz on a couple of things, you know, there's a lot going on when you're trying to do that and, Sometimes you're trying to keep up and and the biggest, the hardest problem for me is learning what everyone has changed the names of for different maneuvers. You know, that's the hardest thing because, you know, what used to be a DDT is now like a a spinning skull trombone or some kind of crap like that. Like it's all like the younger generation wants to reinvent anything. So I'll rename it. And, you know, I'm still the old school. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, bro. That's, it's also that's because of video games. Video I'll games change right the now. names. As soon yeah. as Excalibur says something, is called, I'm going to say that's not what that's called. <laughs> that's good. Stop Excalibur's trying to change good. the name, you'll find, Excalibur. You'll find out real fast. Excalibur is your best friend in your ear. You know. Yes, he is. Like that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I I hope you uh, really enjoy it and have a lot of fun doing it. And, and hopefully the experience and everything that you've experienced will, will carry on and help the talent out. Because that's one of the enjoyable things about doing this too, Mark, is the fact that sometimes being able to connect the story in the ring to the viewers at home and try to explain what the talent's trying to do in the ring. I mean, we know what they're doing, but sometimes that message gets a little bit lost. And I agree with Tommy. There's never been a bigger pet peeve in my life than people talking about some other crap other than what's going on in the ring. You know, you need to, whether they're low car guys, mid car guys, or top guys, they all deserve the same respect in the ring. They're in there bumping and humping and, and trying to tell a story in the ring. And, and I definitely agree with um, telling their story and helping getting them over. It's not really about us. I was you know, just trying to be ask witty, you, that. you try to be funny, you try to help them out. But it's, uh, it's been a new, uh, new venture, definitely. I'll tell you what it does do. It makes me itch like crazy to put my boots back on. I mean, like I, I got, I'm, I'm ready, <laughs> definitely wow. ready. Wow! Yeah. Like, I, I mean, you know what did it for me, Paul? What's besides, that? Besides, is is watching Sting 
worked the other day at 62. He's 62? That's crazy. 62 years old. And I wrestled Bully Bob Armstrong when he was 71. Yeah, well, that's Bullet Bob, too. (laughs) Bullet is also bulletproof, I think. I think he was like Superman, really. But, like, there's been guys that, like, Sting made me feel like, man, you're not old. Get your ass to shape and get back together and and get back in there. So I know what you're feeling. And it's been a while since I felt like this. Like, like I felt that. To be inspired. It's crazy, right? Yeah. To be inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Inspiring is good. I want to do it. I feel like I can show better than I can tell. Well, I mean, it, it would be. My big thing and always been my favorite things, too, is I was never a big fan of TVs or pay-per-views. Those, to me, were just uh, things you had to do. But the live events and some of the tours that we used to have, we were seven, eight, nine, ten days in a row working with guys every night. Those were my favorite runs. So they were tough travel-wise, but you really got a chance to work with guys and, and fix things in the ring and fix yourself in the ring, too, because I can yeah. remember working with taker and doing stuff with Kane and Kurt Angle and all those guys back in the day on the road, I was fixing things, you know, day one might have been a little bit rough by the time we got around to day three or four, like things were really picking up and you were having fun because, you know, you were, you were getting it. It was coming together and it felt good. And it's like, Oh, here we go. It's the reps and keeping that momentum. And I'm glad to see that we're going back to live crowds and stuff like that now too, because I think those reps are going to help a lot of the younger kids out. So uh, I, I notice, and I don't work uh, in AEW, but I notice like <clears throat> people who are doing stuff on dark, and that's a digital imprint that lasts forever. And right. they're working their tails off like it is TV for mm-hmm. also to get on the main show. Uh, right. We were all part of that. We used to work our asses off if we were on Heat or Velocity because we knew right. we wanted to be on Raw or SmackDown. Right. And right. It's a great opportunity for these kids to learn how to work yep. on TV, too. And that's that's the that's the biggest thing that I think um, guys like myself and Mark and and uh, and Jericho and some of those guys that have really been in a heavy TV environment, um, not to do things like WWE did because you want to be a different product completely. But there are there are foundational tricks to the trade to get yourself over on TV stories to tell how to space your stuff out so that uh, the audience at home keeps up with you. I mean, you know, stuff that works in live events doesn't necessarily work for TV, you know, and you know, it's teach them that it's all right here. And I think they'll get it. And I think watching uh, somebody like Mark and I work that worked a little bit different pace, you know, we're not necessarily high flyers. <laughs> I've seen at it. All. I've seen it a couple of times. <laughs> A couple of times, yeah. Well, we all have our moments of insanity. But, you know, I think that'll help them a lot because I, I that's the one thing I've been trying to help the kids with at AEW. It's it's not how much you do, it's it's what you do. You know, and I'm I'm sure some of them are already sick of me talking by now. But uh, you know, if they get it and they understand and it clicks, uh, it'll help make a lot of the stuff they're trying to do a lot easier. So but I was that was a big surprise too, you bastard. You didn't tell me. Yeah, you, you, you didn't, you didn't tell, tell me. me either. He saved everybody. I you didn't tell wanna, you. You didn't tell me. I, I know. I wanted to be a surprise. Well, see, now I wanted to be a surprise. You, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You mentioned the 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 nine and twelve day tours. 
You know what I look forward to on those tours more than anything? What's up? The mid-tour break where you wrestle for five days or six days, and then about the seventh or eighth day, they made it like a a, a six-man or four-man yeah, tag, yeah. eight-man tag. And then, you know, of course, you know, you would, you know, we usually would be like in Blackpool or Liverpool or somewhere. And then yeah. we would go, we get to London, we do like two TVs, and then we go back on the road for another like four or five days. And you go back to your singles and stuff. Like, I miss those days of the long house show live event tours. And I think yeah. that, like, you learn so much of watching the great guys on the card um, because you get to stand on the apron and watch them and they're telling you what to do. And um, that don't exist right now. So it's got to be recreated. It's got, I I mean, I'm just praying that this pandemic is completely over by October, September. So we can get back to that. So you can coach on the fly. And, yeah. and well, that's where and I, that's, I think that's, that's where my biggest asset is too is just being in the ring with them and coach them in the ring because then I can feel what they're doing. It's hard to see what they're doing because I'm not in their match. I don't know what they're thinking, you know. I don't know where their brain is. But when you're in the middle of it with them, then you can feel like ah, I know what you think is going to happen, but this is not the way we need to go. You know, it's a lot but, easier. But listen, to, yeah, just, just yeah. listen for a second. Sometimes, and and, and that's important. For the right. talent that you have this wealth of, a, of knowledge, I got to tell you, both Mark Henry, both Big Show have been in the doghouse. They have been on the low end of the card and or <laughs> disciplined. Or when Big Show, when you were in WCW. Paul White, you, God damn it. I'm sorry, Paul White. When you were in WCW, you were green. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, my first match. And on television. My first night, so literally, I locked up with Hogan on the beach in Clearwater about three <laughs> weeks before Halloween Havoc. You know, we were having beers on the beach and training at World Gym, me, him, and Savage every morning at 6 a.m. And Hogan says, all right, brother, lock up with me. Because I went to Clearwater and thought we were going to go over the match for a month before Halloween Havoc because I, you know, I've never had a match before. He locked up with me and pushed me around for about 10 seconds. And he goes, all right, brother, just listen to me. You'll be fine. Boy, I was scared out of my damn mind when he said that. I was like, does he know? I don't know what I'm doing. Does, does he know? Does he know? Does he you know? My favorite thing in that whole thing was one time I got Hogan in the corner at Halloween Havoc, and I'm staring at him because I had no corner offense. I didn't have a chop. I didn't have a high knee. I didn't have a back elbow. I didn't have anything. And I'm just staring at him, and I'm like, oh, here's where it all falls apart. And Hulk grabbed my hand. He goes, no, brother, don't choke me and I'm like, oh yeah i can do that but he was so calm and so just so collected that looking back now as much experience as i have now he was out of his damn mind to take me in my first match as strong as i was and as green as i was and put me in that kind of platform he was insane you know he either had a lot he must have had a lot of confidence in himself you know like you look back and think of that and then the pace was what it needed to be, and the match was what it needed to be, and and uh, but that just shows that veteran leadership that you know when you have it and you know it, and you're not used to planning A, B, C, D, E, F, and G in the back. You have an outline, and you listen to the people, then it's easier to make things work. 
Because yeah. if you don't have to remember a whole bunch of spots, you're not going to forget them either. And you're right. also and I, not locked in. That was into me. Them. I hated that. I yeah. hated. Yeah. Let, let's go by instinct and feel the crowd and and and, right. and segue. Like the the that's right. what the people want anyway. They want to they want to turn. They want you to take them this way and then go. Nope, not going to do that. Take no, that away right. from you. And, they and, and be that's got to be taught. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. teach that. Tommy, did you ever have a point? where you were green and you felt like, why am I in here with this seasoned vet? Uh, all the time. And my generation was just a little different. Like, if you're a baby face, uh, mine was against Samu. And my trainer was always just like, hey, you know, take it when it's open and I'm taking it. And he tells me to blow a comeback. And he gave me a chop. And I kind of was like, no, not right now in my head. And I go and throw him another punch. And he sells it, and his recoil, he chopped me across my throat. And I was like, <laughs> like he slipped my throat. And I was like, okay, I'll be back to getting killed right now. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down, kid. Yeah. Slow down. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, that's, that's... we got to take a break. Big show. Any fond words for Mark Henry? I mean, Paul White. Fond words? I would love for you to tell our dear friend Tommy Dreamer to quit calling me by that name. <laughs> I'm referring That's to your penis. I, oh, my God. Stop it, Tommy. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Come on, man. It's a family show. It's a family show. Uh, Mark, I just want to say happy birthday. Uh, I'm so happy that you're in AEW. I so look forward to you and your, your new venture and doing commentating. Um, I think you're going to love it and enjoy it, and you're going to enhance a lot of young talents that uh, – hopefully we'll take what you have to give and apply it and have a long, beautiful careers themselves. And hopefully you'll dust them damn boots up too. And you and I will get together and uh, have some fun in the tag team division down the road. That sounds like a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll do all the bumping and feeding kids stay on the apron and get the pinfall. So there you go. <laughs> all right. I love you guys very, very much. Tommy, thank you for the invite as always. Love you, brother. So good to see you. Uh, hopefully we'll get to hang out and grab lunch sometime, Tony. You got Tommy, Tommy. I'll see you guys. Bye bye. Thank you. Whatever your name is. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> bye. <laughs> well, we're gonna take oh, commercial man. break when uh and we'll be right back, right here on Busted Open. This we're celebrating life. the golden year of the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, on Busted Open. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on SiriusXM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. We have been blessed for 50 years to have the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, entertain us. On his birthday, we would like to highlight the best Mark Henry moments voted by you. Here is the world's strongest moment right here on Busted Open. Come on, 
Try that. Try that. Right. Come on, Doc. 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 Welcome back to Busted Open, and if you're not a wrestling fan and you just turned into that, you are like, what the hell am I listening to? Oh, my Tommy, God. Tommy. Oh, my God. Listen, you know, did you hear me laugh? I did. I was laughing the whole time, not because of the, anchor, the, the thing with Mae Young. I was laughing because Gerald Briscoe has a very, very weak stomach. You could talk yes. about something nasty. And Gerald Briscoe will go, oh, oh, stop it, stop it, and throw up <laughs> on command. Bro, Gerald Briscoe threw up, and I lost my shit. I could not. Man, it was over from that point. I was done. You might as well just give me my check because I was out. Another oh, memorable so moment, uh, not again in the wrestling ring, but uh, – the best part about that moment was when they did the reunion and 20 years later, they brought out the hand grown up, which was mm-hmm. so stupid. And I never understood the hand to begin with, but man, what a segment. And Mark, speaking of great segments, and here's a person we got uh, another lovely surprise for you. Um, someone who's been a part of your early success and your early segments, the one and only D'Lo Brown has joined us today. Fellas, how you doing? Mark Henry, happy birthday, big fella. I love you. Welcome to the Happy Dirty 50 Club. Well, thank you, man. Listen, D-Lo is in my top five of Mark Henry moments. And if you got a minute, I'll let you know what it is. It's all about stories. It's your day, buddy. So I'm, I'm, I'm head over heels in love with China at this point. Oh, yeah. And yes. Uh, D'Lo and I are hooked at the hip, and I say, D'Lo, listen, um, I'm going on this date with China, and mm-hmm. uh, I want you to come along and, and make sure everything is all right. And D'Lo's like, man, that's cool, man. And I hand him this limo driver hat. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, man, you want me to drive? And I was like, yeah, man, I trust you. He said, oh, man. I'm not wearing this hat. And I was like, man, you got to wear the hat. And, and China walks up and she goes, D-Lo? And, I, and he goes, I said, no, no, that's B-Lo. Move around. <laughs> like, he turned around. Bro, like we, all of that stuff was done kind of like on the fly. We didn't get direction on yeah. what to do. They were like, go out there and have a good time. Be you. Wrestling needs to go back to that. Because you can't write that. You can't recreate those moments. And, man, that, that, that date with China was, like, it was spectacular, man. And it ended up in a big old brawl. And mm-hmm. we were chunking people around. You know who uh, who the people were? One, the guy that I threw against the bar? You know who that was? 
No, who was, was it? That was Donnie. That was Nova's twin brother. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. I remember that now. You remember that? Um, yes, I do. Donnie B. You're right, man. Wrestling is is was you know, and I used the term back then, but it was all yeah, it was back then. You're it. old in the mother, D-Lo. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> but we had a loose idea, and it was let's go create this, and we just went out and had fun. And that's one of my favorite segments to have been part of. It was just. We're just having fun, and it came yeah. off so well on TV. By yeah, the way, as you're describing this, I didn't know this happened on television. I thought this was a real thing. <laughs> no, this was TV. Oh, no, oh, I don't they, care about television. They had I thought you were really on a date with. Thought you were really going on a date with China. You asked D-Lo to drive you. <laughs> well, I you might should have prefaced that this was something that on TV. Well, six of chocolate would would date anybody. Exactly. Uh, D'Lo, you were with Mark, uh, early part of his career. Mm -hmm. Um, you're all, you know, the eldest statesman, I guess would be Ron Simmons. Mm -hmm. You're all looking for and hungry for this opportunity and push. Like, what was it about Mark that, uh, I guess not only you, but like how you all, I mean, you're all very young when this organization is put together. Yeah. I mean, it was all just, it was a way of getting opportunities, way of getting guys, a group of guys on TV and then it was a way of all hiding us sir. and Ron could lead and, you know, Ron could be the mouthpiece while we all learned myself and, and, and Mark and, and Rocky all got the opportunity to learn underneath while not being the focal point of the group. We could still go out there and, and learn and learn how to be on top in a company that was, was about to explode. And, you know, Mark came in this, this raw, strong trouble strong young individual he called um, the head strong it's really called hard and being a dumbass i don't want to call you stubborn but i'm just saying headstrong because mark mark had a, he had an idea of what he wanted to do and what he wanted to beat anybody to you know mess with his idea of what he's going to become and it took a minute but then you know when mark first came in it was like oh okay at least he's strong at least he can throw people around um, but then you could see Mark getting it because Mark was going to outwork people because Mark didn't want to not be as good as everyone else. And Mark worked his ass off. And that led to Mark's singles run that led to the world's strongest, uh, you know, the world's strongest man. You know, this is what I do era, the world heavyweight championship era. Um, and Mark was a product and he took him a while to build, but when he got it, holy hell, he took off. Mark, I don't know if you realize this, but I'm sitting here for the last almost three hours and we have some of your closest friends uh, and guys that you started with. And it's you, Paul White, D'Lo, myself. And I'm watching it and I'm literally saying to myself, when we all started, when you look at yourself now, we don't ever consider 50. Back then we thought 50 was old. Now we do not. But I'm looking at you and, and Paul and D'Lo. You're all announcers in the industry. Like, think of yeah. that. That's nuts. You know what? I think a lot of it was, and, and, and D-Lo and I, and you know who else would be good? Kane. Glenn oh, yeah. would he's be one, good, he's too, one of the smart, because one of the he's smartest a smart guys. guy. He loves wrestling, and he's not shy. Like, moments don't get too big. You know, that, that's the thing. You, you, you're, you're talking to, you know, we're, we're four guys right here right now. 
that the moment cannot get too big for us. We've experienced things that would rattle the hell out of a lot of people. I mean, it would. I know people that suffer from not able to stand in front of crowds. You can't even talk about it. If you say, mm-hmm. man, you got to go give that speech in front of, no, no, not going to happen. Not going to do it. We could do that. So why, what is the, where is the anxiety? There, if you don't have anxiety, that's the biggest part of it, is not being able to be, not being fearful. And I think that all of us, Tommy, you, you, you're, you're on the radio, you've done commentary, you've done it all. Like, there's never a moment that gets too big for you. And mm-hmm. I thank God that I had D'Lo and Godfather and, and Dwayne. Dwayne was probably the most studied guy I was ever around. He always mm-hmm. carried this damn book around that he used to write everything down in. Yep. And he practiced shit. We in the car, driving yeah. to the next town. And he's like, D'Lo, um, what was the name of that place that you like to go eat? Oh man, it's that it doesn't matter what you say. He just used to practice that shit on us. We'd be like, hey man, don't do that again. Don't do that in the car, man. Like you don't get your ass kicked. Like, stop it. And and it was like we was a family. <laughs> so, like, yep. man, I remember D Lo. This this is this is a van. We 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 used to go and rent vans so we didn't have to spend a lot of money on cars. And we had a lot of people to drive. <laughs> so we had Dwayne. Myself, D'Lo, Brian Christopher, Scotty mm-hmm. Tuhati, and Kane, all in a van, driving town to town. And I used to carry my video game don't systems. Don't so we would. Don't forget about. Uh oh, D'Lo's going through a, a bad area. D'Lo's. Uh, D'Lo, your who, zoom's who breaking that? up a little bit. You broke up. Oh, he's gone right. now. I think so we'll get back him. to him. But we all in the car driving, right? And we would get to the hotels, and then I would say, Mark, don't "Well, you you still in a bad area, man. You you still blinking out computer. You doing the the for all those young people that don't know what I'm about to say. You doing the Max Headroom? We can't hear nothing you saying. There he is. Now he's moving. But um, we would get to the hotel, and we would all get hotels on the same floor." And and we would like you know I would play D'Lo and and uh, football and Madden and then Rock would come in and he would play Brian Christopher and then whoever won that would play Kane and like we and we had we had a good time man and and it was a lot of guys that uh, ended up being at the top of the business so it, it helped to have a network of guys that you could bounce ideas off of. And I, I remember being in the car with D'Lo and telling D'Lo, man, did you see Coming to America? And he was like, yeah, man, that was good. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to be sex with chocolate. And D'Lo was like, they're not going to let you say that on TV. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, watch me. And did it get done? Yes, it did. Yes, it and did. And I became sex with chocolate off of a movie that we watched. So, I mean, it's like um, – you you got to be able to take from the real world and make it your world for real. And it's not phony. It's real then. And that's, that's just what I've always taught that. I've always communi- that, communicated that to 
the people that I wrestle with and the people that I, that will listen to me. Hey, D, we're up against a commercial break. If you uh, could say some nice parting words to Mark Henry, because then we got to go. Hey, Mark, I love you. Um, we'll talk more offline, but I love you. Happy blessed birthday. Um, I can't wait to give you a big hug. And Tommy, I'll give you a big hug in about three weeks. So, um, Well, we'll see you tonight at Against All Odds. Well, there you go. But I'm behind you <laughs> We'll hug him tonight. I've dedicated my my match to Mark Henry. I got to win tonight. You got to win. Now I got to say that on the air. Damn it. I love you, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Love you, too. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.